Welcome to Regal's RyeCast, where we share all things LiDAR. I'm Nikita Gridden, Training Coordinator for Regal USA. This series features interviews with industry experts from around the world. Innovative LiDAR applications, best practices, workflow advice, and even exciting news about hardware and software. The podcasts are produced by Regal at their North American headquarters located in Central Florida and available worldwide through our Regal newsroom on www.regal.com. Please visit our website to subscribe to the newsroom. Simply input your email address and click. It's that easy. The Regal.com website is a great place to find detailed information on the many LiDAR scanning hardware, firmware, and software products that Regal provides. Or request more information or a call from one of our Regal specialists. In today's episode of Road Trips with Josh and the VMX, we drive to the Hoosier State Capitol to meet Ryan Swingley, Geospatial Manager of the Midwest at ESP Associates. Please join us as Josh and Ryan discuss the challenges of mobile scanning projects, future of mobile LiDAR systems, Ryan's involvement in GKIS, also known as getting kids into surveying. We hope you enjoy listening. Welcome to today's episode of Road Trips with Josh and the VMX. Took a bit of a long commute to arrive at our podcast destination today, Indianapolis, to visit a good friend and a great surveyor, Ryan Swingley. Ryan works for a multi-disciplined firm, ESP Associates. They provide services for all phases of project development and public safety. Their surveying and mapping group provides services all over the United States, and you can quite often spot the VMX on one of their survey trucks doing work someplace in the United States on their LinkedIn pages. With over 400 professionals, they have quite a wide variety of offerings. So without further ado, I'd like to let Ryan into the car, so to say. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you very much for joining me on this audio road trip. And so, Ryan, how have you been? Ah, we've been we've been doing well. It's been interesting times, you can imagine, and work has not slowed down in any way, shape, or form for us. So things are going really good. That's great to hear. So what what has been one of the uh, interesting challenges with uh, keeping the teams going in the field during the pandemic? Well, so we primarily focus on mobile LiDAR exclusively out of our office. So moving to everyone working from home was really fairly seamless for us. The only issue was just shuffling data back and forth. Um, so we would just put together a series of hard drives, have everyone come in, get them, go back home, work from home, and uh, you know check in their data from time to time so we could keep an idea on how they're progressing with their mapping and things like that. But since we really don't have traditional field crews here, you know, it really didn't affect us all that much from, a, from an operational standpoint. Yeah, that seems to be the uh, the story for a lot of folks in mobile mapping industry. We've been very flexible at being able to get our jobs done remotely, I think, due to all the years of having to test and make sure the data was good in the field to begin with. So it's natural that you're, you can work independently quite well. So speaking of mobile mapping, how long would you say you've been working in mobile data collection? I feel like it's been quite a long time. Uh, I think it's been 10 years now since I've gotten involved with mobile LiDAR. So it's definitely been a an interesting journey for me. You know, it's taken me some fun, cool places, and and every day's a challenge. You know, there's been a lot of long, sleepless nights trying to figure things out. You know, deliver the best possible product we can to our clients. Yeah, I know you've been fairly uh, busy making sure everything works well with all of your systems that you've worked with throughout the year. What was one of your most memorable mobile mapping projects that you got to work on? I would say it was probably the one we did in Australia. And that was probably four or five years back now. 
We got to do mobile scanning on a liquid natural gas plant they were building on the uh, western coast of Australia, up north of Onslow. Basically, what happened was they built a 10-meter pad, a huge 10-meter pad up in the desert, and someone did static scanning on all the dirt work quantities, and they wanted the secondary check. And so we came in with a mobile mapping system and, and checked all that information because the, the dirt work on that project cost $3 billion. So they wanted to be certain that, that they got what they paid for. I think a lot of people don't realize how much money there is in dirt sometimes. Yeah, a billion. That was, you know, that was probably the, the biggest project I'd ever worked on, I'd say. Yeah. I wish we got paid in the billions, but we didn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think uh, you've enjoyed so much that you keep uh, moving forward with mobile mapping? What's been the driving factor for you? You know, for me, it's, I think it's certainly a more effective and more efficient way to do certain topo projects. There are some projects that, you know, mobile mapping wouldn't lend itself well to. Um, the technology is certainly amazing. I mean, I, I still, every time I do a project, I just get sucked into just looking at the point cloud in amazement. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's definitely the, the safety factor, um, you know, the density and the accuracy that we get out of it, that it's just far superior to traditional surveying methods. I don't know that I could go back to having to do traditional topo today. I mean, I spent a considerable part of my career doing that, but uh, it would be, it'd be a little tough for me to do it now that I, now that I know that there's a better way. Sure, that's good. So I'd like to ask a little bit of uh, each person uh, what they see the future of mobile technology, because typically when we go to LiDAR conferences at this big future of LiDAR forums, uh, we immediately get uh, airborne, airborne, airborne uh, UAV answers. Uh, so let's take a look on the ground and where do you see the mobile LiDAR technology moving forward to? As far as like project development or where the technology itself will go? Well, how do you see the uh, the systems developing? Do you uh, do you expect to see us, uh, you know, put some type of new uh, fangled uh, sensor on it to make uh, you know something much easier? Do you think we're going to add more point density? You know, what where do you see the benefit would be in the technology sure. warehouse to you at the at the at your end? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the systems are starting to hit maturity. Obviously, they're going to continue to get smaller slightly faster although i mean i think the speeds that we're pushing with our sensors now are pretty insane so i'm not sure how much further they can push that envelope but i think sensors will get smaller system components will get smaller cp units will get smaller and faster and more powerful i definitely see the software side continuing to improve where there's less and less user input and the, the software is able to do you know maybe Deep machine learning can be integrated into, you know, every time that you pick a tie plane, then it says, oh, okay, I see what you're trying to accomplish. And it can start automatically doing that on its own. Mm -hmm. So I definitely see, you know, there's always improvements that can be made from a software standpoint. And then now, you know, everyone wants things to get smaller. So that's, that's probably what I foresee is the, the future of mobile mapping. And the continued miniaturization say of the technology there's certainly advantages and disadvantages to that i mean the advantage is you know obviously the smaller footprint it's easier to transport it's easier to move around but the smaller you get it's harder to get in to the system and 
make a change or sometimes you have to be willing to settle for a less accurate IMU, let's say, or a less powerful processor to get that size down to a small level. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're putting this on top of a vehicle. How small does it ultimately need to get? You know, that's a good point. And then you also, with the smaller, uh, with it being smaller and more accessible, then you run into more and more people are using it, which is great. But then you have more data saturation in the marketplace. And if, if you don't have quality controls in place, then it creates basically a, a dangerous whiplash. Sure. Like we saw in the, the very beginning where, you know, some people could deliver mobile projects and some couldn't. Uh, depending on the technology and their workflow uh, choices. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's always going to be the case. You know, it's it's I like to liken it to like RTK GPS. You know, I was I wouldn't say I was an early adopter of that, but I was earlier than than a lot of people. And as people would come along, the systems got cheaper, more affordable. More and more people bought them. It was painful to watch all these people making the same mistakes that you made 10 years ago. And now I've learned from, and now they're making those mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, the same thing. We've matured with mobile LiDAR and mobile LiDAR has matured with us. And I would think that the ability to minimize those mistakes would be there, but you just never know when you get the technology in someone's hands, what they might or might not do with it. Yeah, and we uh, we try to be careful with our training approach and uh, measured approach on that front, but we're usually pretty successful at Regal. At least. All right, so I have to ask you about this. I just saw last month or so that you've been officially added as a GKIS Kids, Kids in Conserving official character. So uh, congratulations for becoming a cartoon character in that personal endeavor there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that program? It's a pretty unique uh, effort. You know, when I would think about me being a cartoon character when I was a kid, I always envisioned him being a little bit more muscular and more like uh, Superman than what my cartoon character actually turned out to be. But I guess that's, you know, reality and and, uh, and art coming together. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now I've been involved with Get Kids in the Survey, I think, almost since its inception. It's been a, it's been a very fun journey. I've always been involved with trying to get kids interested in surveying. I started the Boy Scout Surveying Merit Badge Program with our state society here in Indiana. And then, um, you know, just getting into Get Kids in the Survey was another extension of that. And it's allowed me to go into a lot of schools over the last two years um, with some help with some colleagues and uh, get in front of students to help promote the, the profession. Um, we always take, you know, all of our laser scanning technology show videos of laser scanning because that's definitely the higher end, cooler stuff of what we do. And so that usually intrigues kids a little bit. And then we were able to get a 3D sandbox that Cincinnati State University built for us that we take around with with us that uh, really helps attract kids to our booth. So it's been a fun journey. Um, I think we won't see the fruits of that labor for potentially a decade. But, you know, the one thing I know for sure is if we didn't do it now, we wouldn't see any kids in it in, in a decade from now. So, you know, I'm lucky to be surrounded with a bunch of passionate surveyors here in Indiana that, that really want to share their love for the profession. And it's been, it's been really fun to be a part of. Yeah, it's a really great program. Uh, I, I went to my kid's school this last year for the uh, teach-in day. Uh, 
and tried to uh, channel my inner Ryan Swingley to uh, do a good job getting kids in the survey. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, jumping in the, the virtual audio car here and uh, chatting a little bit about uh, mobile scanning, the survey industry. Yeah, no problem. I really enjoyed it. Thanks again for joining us. It was exciting to hear a little bit about the great work that you've been doing, both on Get Kids in the Surveying and at ESP Associates. I look forward to hearing more about your fun projects and seeing your team's exciting posts of the VMX on LinkedIn. Uh, it's always great to see. They do a great job uh, promoting your guys' work out there. So that does it uh, for our quick tour of Indianapolis and visit with Ryan Swingley. It's always great to catch up and take a few minutes to reflect these days. There's always so much to see when you're travel, and sometimes in our rush, we don't get to appreciate the little things about a location or a city. So until next time, Enjoy the journey, stop and look at the scenery, and of course, keep on scanning. Be well and take care of each other. This has been another episode of Road Trips with Josh and the BMX. Thank you both for sharing with us. The Regal LiDAR community continues to work hard during this pandemic. We are so happy to have users like Ryan out in the field hustling to get the job done well and making such positive impressions of the technology with his customers and colleagues. Don't forget, you can subscribe to our RideCast podcast and the Regal Ultimate Ladder webinar series through our international newsroom on www.regal.com. You, the Regal users, give us the best stories to tell. We always appreciate your suggestions, so please send us your ideas or comments to communications at regalusa.com. And as always, have an ultimate LiDAR day. Until next time, Nikita signing off.